Hey there fellow trauma nerd, this is a recording from an Instagram live that Mercedes and I did. We answered two parenting questions. If you would like to join us on a future Instagram live, we do them every Sunday night around 9.15 Pacific Standard Time. Hope you enjoy it, thanks. Do you want to start off with your question or you want me to start off? Um, yeah, I can start off with my question. Okay. Okay, so this is a listener question that I got from Instagram. And the question is, how can parents avoid creating a trauma with their kids? So the wording of the question made me a little bit confused, only because I'm not sure if they mean like the parent themselves is trying to, not not trying to, but the parent themselves has somehow created a trauma for the family. So I kind of answered it in two ways, um, to avoid like making a trauma for the kids and um, just dealing with the trauma that the kids have gone through. So again, the question is, how can parents avoid creating a trauma with their kids? Um, And the first thing I said is uh, the reality of parenting is that we can't control the entire world, which means stuff is going to happen. You know, stuff is going to happen to our kids. And that was one of my greatest fears as a parent, as I was becoming a parent. You know, the fear of anything can happen. Anything can happen to Mm -hmm. these kids. And gosh, that is terrifying. But again, the reality of parenting is, is we can't control the whole world. But what we can control is what's happening within our own homes. And so to help avoid our kids experiencing a trauma at home, things that we can do at home are providing safe and social cues as often as possible, like letting, know, letting our children know that we're safe, that they are safe with us, um, engaging with your, with your kids from a place of curiosity. This is a big one because kids learn real quick that um, depending on how the adults react to them and their lives respond to them, and their feelings and their behaviors and everything, they learn real quick that they are inappropriate or that their feelings are inappropriate. And so then there's shame and blame and stories that come with that. So engaging with your children from a place of curiosity. And then my favorite piece of parenting advice is to play. Play with your kids. Find ways to play as often as possible. Make as much of your life play with your kids. So little, you know, we talked about this, I think, in our last in their most recent one that we recorded in our last episode. Playing is so magical for the kids and, and for the grown-ups. It, it helps reinforce the connection with your children, you know, with each other, your kids and yourself. And it helps, of course, build the vagal break like we talk about a lot, which another way of saying that is that your kids will have better self-regulation skills, self-coping skills for themselves. And this is definitely something we want to do for, for our kids as parents. I feel like I'm talking a lot. Did you need to jump in? <laughs> I'm just no, like going. No, I think going. you're doing a great job. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm listening and taking it in. No, Sweet. Well, thank you. So that, that was the part that I answered as far as like, if parents can try to avoid inflicting a trauma inadvertently onto their kids. Um, I wasn't sure if that's what the question meant. And then, so the other part of it is that if a trauma does happen to your child, um, how, you know, how to deal with that. And so... I think the biggest thing that you can do that if a trauma does happen to your child is meet them where they're at and validate their experience. I think a big thing that we try and do is, and I know I'm guilty of this too, is when the kids go through something, even if it's not huge, but whatever size trauma, it brought to mind my daughter when she was three. I think she was three. We were doing this, a uh, what's it called? A family reunion at one of these like kind of like county park areas. It's like just, you know, picnic benches but in the wild and um so we were exploring nature and we were going around and stuff 
and she accidentally she stepped on a wasp nest that we couldn't see it was like underneath all the all the plants and so these just like a swarm of wasps comes after her and you know the first thing that I want to do is I want her to be okay I, I want her to like don't cry it's okay but when we do that it's almost like we're telling our kids that that what they're feeling what what they're feeling as a result of their experience is inappropriate somehow that the way that they're reacting is not right or not okay and so I think a very important point is again if if your child has experienced a trauma meet them where they're at and validate their experience avoid trying to or inadvertently pushing them to to get better faster than they're ready to do the, you know the you're okay everything's okay don't cry that kind of stuff is it, it can be read as a cue of danger on the kids part and that will signal to them again that how they're feeling is inappropriate which keeps them stuck longer we know that creates stories again the shame and the blame and self-judgment and that'll just keep them stuck longer so if you want to help your child through a trauma they have experienced just be available to just exist with them just be with them and just sit with it and it's rough yeah. it, it's rough it's rough and again like i remember in that moment with my daughter when she stepped on the wasp nest and you know there's wasps chasing us and i like i picked her up and i my husband and i were running with her and we like put her in the trunk of the car the suv that sounds bad <laughs> we had an suv and so we just put her in the trunk to kind of like <laughs> give her a little protection and all I wanted to say was, it's a, like, it's okay, please don't cry. But I hope what I remember saying, what I hope I remember saying is that that really hurts. That was really scary. I feel scared, you know, just kind of going to that place with them and being there with them and just validating it. That was really scary. I didn't like it either. That really hurts. It's really painful. Yeah. You know, I got stung, da, 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 however many times, but just being there with them, that gives them the safety to experience their feelings, to move through them in a natural, at a natural pace, and to become unstuck more smoothly. Not necessarily more quickly, but more smoothly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not like a race, right? It's not a race. And I think, again, I know that here's this little creature that I created and I brought into the world, and I want nothing to happen to her, and I want nothing to happen to him, and I want everything to be beautiful and wonderful in their lives, but that's not going to happen. And so when it does happen that something goes wrong, you know, not wrong, but something happens to them, remembering that it's not about getting them through quickly, it's just about getting them through. And so whatever that means for that child and whatever pace that means and however many tears have to be shed or however many hugs you have to give, just meeting them where they're at and just really listening to what they need, not in a verbal way, but in a, in a state way totally yeah um what let's try and come at this from a different angle too okay. if, if you're if you're up for it let's do it so because you said um basically if they get traumatized potentially or survive something mm -hmm. how to help them through which is obviously important but what if what if the person's asking how do i avoid traumatizing my child right you know what i mean yeah and i think a lot of parents worry about that and i don't know and maybe there's like a reason for that maybe they are abusive or, or hit or yell too much or are emotionally not as present. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe there's a real, you know, maybe there's something concrete that like, well, how do I avoid doing this? I would think in general, we're not going to traumatize our kids. Right. No parent is perfect. Hopefully. Yeah. No, no parent is perfect. I'm not a perfect parent. So I, I think that it's a valid concern. Mm -hmm. 
but let's i think we should also like te- you know weigh you know what, what, what am i trying to say here like temper our concerns here you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think if you're if you're coming at it from a place of genuine love curiosity and that you have self-control to not to not hit yeah and to do more pro- more problem solving than commanding i think you're in a pretty good place like it's i think it's i don't think it's as easy to traumatize our kids as we think it is yeah you know what i mean yeah we hear a lot we hear a lot that it's easy to traumatize them but like you really have to overstep some major bounds i think in order to actually traumatize a child if you're the parent and kids are really forgiving you know they'll if you use there's all kinds of ruptures you can repair um you don't have to be a perfect parent you just have to be willing to think to make some apologies um so even if you make a mistake let's take it from that angle that if you do make a mistake how do you avoid having that be a trauma like Mm -hmm. uh, to me it'd have to be pretty severe in the first place right but you know even like little mistakes if you yell at your kids that's a little mistake we'll call that a little mistake Mm -hmm. and you can apologize you can um, address that with them you can uh, make a plan for the next time you can hear how they how they feel about that you can give them some time away from you if you need if that's what they need yeah I think it's it's not as easy to traumatize a kid as as we might think I and agree I with that. There's lots but of things we can do to to fix it. Yeah, I I do have one counter argument to that, which is I I completely agree. I think it's not that easy to traumatize our kids if if we really are coming at the whole parenting thing from a place of love and and curiosity and all of that. One thing I I guess I have on on my mind, just I have a couple people in my life that I'm worried about as far as their own parenting, and I'd rather not say who it is just for you know. Yeah. Respect of privacy. So so nothing major, right? It's nothing major. But what about like the little mistakes? Like you said, for example, yelling. A little mistake that is happening over and over and over. And and I guess what I'm thinking is, you know, as parents, let me start a different way. As therapists, you and I, for example, are pretty aware of our own behaviors because that's what we're trained to do in school. So, you know, as therapists, we get trained and I'm you know, I'm speaking for the people that are listening, not you, not you, Justin. But um, as therapists, we're trained to be aware of what our faces are doing and how our voices sound and what our bodies look like in the in the room, in the space with a client, because anything can trigger a client. And, and we want to always convey safety and warmth and kindness. And so that's definitely something that's helped me as a parent. But not everybody has that level of self-awareness of their own selves the people that are in my life that I'm thinking about that I worry about as far as their own parenting, I don't think there's a lot of awareness of their own behaviors. And so it's these little mistakes that you were talking about. For example, yelling, but it's something that's happening over and over and over. And across several years of a child's life, I think that becomes one of those lower level but chronic exposure type of traumas. Like it's not outright a trauma by itself, but given that there is so much time that passes with the same situation, I guess that's just what I had in mind while you were, you know, while you were saying that. That's that's what I'd worry about. And so I, I think again, going back to the place of awareness of yourself, re- but really, 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 as much as you can, and this is a really difficult thing to do, but as much as you can, take away what you perceive of the situation with, and I'm talking about, again, in the parenting situation with your kids, take away what you perceive of the situation and really just be present with your child and aware of of their cues. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what else I can add to that, but I, I think that, yeah, I, yeah, as therapists, we have more self-awareness, you know, fine. But 
We should. We should. Not all of us do. Yes. But you don't have to be a therapist to have self-awareness. And the person who asked the question, obviously the person who asked the question has enough. Um, And I think that people who are watching or following us, they have, like, they're really interested in this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I I think that it's a valid question. And I think it comes from a place of genuine concern. And definitely, I I know what the problem was. I agree. (laughs) Good. Um, I definitely agree that you don't have to be a therapist. And the only reason I brought that up is is because when I say to people, when I say on here, be more aware, yeah. I want to be clear. I, I really, I believe some people think they are being aware and they're not, you know, because again, the people in my life that I'm thinking about as we're discussing this issue say that they're aware of their own stuff and, and that they they know what they're doing and they know what they sound like, but they don't. It, and yeah. And they just don't. So it's just really stepping outside of yourself and removing all of this perception from your own mind and just really sitting and kind of existing with your kid and really just completely giving 100% of yourself over to the moment so that you can be aware of yourself and and your child in that moment and then go from there. I found that with uh, all the parents that I've worked with um, that once they can do what you said and kind of step back a little bit and especially you know in group therapy or parent classes or talking with me one-on-one that they can say yeah I yell at my kids or I hit them or uh, and that's just how we do things that's how I was raised and I'm not going to change right and then I'll say okay and are you proud of that the answer is always no mm-hmm. like they always they might puff their chest out and say that's the way it is right um, but there's a part of them that's that is not okay with that and it's just I think it's that instinctual co-regulation level where it just it doesn't vibe with uh, maybe the way you were raised or the way you're doing things but there's a part where people are not okay with that. So the tip on how to step back, yeah. if you're listening right now, like the way to step back is to really look in, inward, to set aside you know, all the, um, the sympathetic arousal, basically the fight flight stuff just for a moment and ask yourself, are you really proud of that? Are you actually okay with hitting your kid? Are you actually okay with hitting any child? Or are you okay with yelling at children? You know, if you are, okay, so are you proud of that? Like, do you feel actually good about that? Mm-hmm. And if you do, it's, well, that's a whole other discussion in my viewpoint but um i've never heard someone say yeah damn right i'm proud of that right uh i just i haven't seen that person or heard that yet so that that, that's what i would do is and then if if you can admit to yourself that it doesn't quite feel right then that's where you start Mm -hmm. like once you i think once you admit that to yourself it's a lot harder to ignore it and the next time that you have the impulse to do to hit or to yell or to shame or whatever it is um it's not going to feel as powerful to you or you're not going to feel as in control or whatever it is you're getting out of that it's just not going to have that same impact anymore and so you really have to listen to that small part of you i think yeah all right so i have a a question that i wanted to tackle as well if i may okay please do so so um the other thing i'll ask is for the parents that say well that's the way i was raised the question is well when you were a kid were you okay with that yeah and, 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 and they'll say, well, yeah, well, it taught me to respect my parents. And I say, did you respect them or fear them? That's a lot right. different. It's always fear. It's always fear. And, um, you know, for, like you can build from there, at least in therapy, you can build from there pretty easily. You know what I mean? And then, so the, the next question I usually ask is, so do you want your kids to fear you? Is that right. what you're aiming for? Because you're, you're on the right path. Is that what you're aiming for? And of course not. The answer is, of course, no. And so it, you know, then, then the question is, well, respect is, or the statement is respect is earned, not imposed. 
and that right. we, I believe we have to earn our children's res- respect. We don't impose fear on them. Right. I, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> All right. Darn tootin'. Let's, we'll, do, we'll do my question here, okay? This, I think we should, this was yeah. a really, it was a different angle. It was really interesting. It says, how do you approach a parent who is stuck? Oh, there was a question way at the beginning about finding your life's purpose, which is a whole different yeah, topic. That's but, a big one. But I, I have a brief thought that I, we could share. On that. Okay. <laughs> um, but this one, the question, my question is, how do you approach a parent who is stuck and shut down? As an awakened child. So this is, they put awakened child. For me, that means someone who's working their way up the ladder. They see things differently now. And now they can see that their their parent okay. isn't shut down. So, so to me, this, so is, this like, is like an adult, an adult child. child. Okay. Yeah. That's the way I, I view it. Which okay. I thought was really, really interesting and like a different take. So in the, the way you do that is from love, from uh, being curious and not wanting to change your parent because you cannot change them. Or anybody else. We don't control our kids. We don't control our parents either. So from love, from curiosity. And I think that it's instead of wanting to change their behavior, it's about making a new connection. Uh, I think if you're an awakened child, as this person had put it, but if you're working your way up the ladder and you want to approach a parent and shut down, it's going to be from love, curiosity. And it's it's about making a new connection, Mm -hmm. not... Maybe not even righting wrongs, maybe not even delving into the past. If you're ready to make a new connection, then that might be the place you start from. Um, so it's a new relationship, no agenda on your end, at least no agenda, uh, new connection, and really coming from a place of learning about them all over again. So it might be approaching your mom or dad or whoever and asking them, like, what's something I don't know about you? Or just saying, hey, just want to say hi, I love you, and that's it. No agenda. This is my message for you. I love you. My message for you is good morning. Um, I'm curious about something super simple about your favorite sports team. I don't care what it is, but like pick something super simple and innocent. No agenda, just genuine curiosity. This is a new person all over again I'm trying to learn about. Uh, but really to keep in mind, we do not control other people and we cannot fix. Not that they're broken. We can't make other people get unstuck. We'll put it that way. Uh, but we that was a nice can be... There you go. We can. <laughs> it's hard because we get into these just common day language sort of things. Yeah, but I'm like, definitely. no, no, no. That's, the, I don't, that's not what I mean, though. I mean something else. So, yeah. Yeah. But we can be well. Uh, we can insist on being well. We don't have to have our parents be well. It helps a lot. I mean, it's ideal, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're an adult child now um, and you're seeing things differently, you can be well without their permission or without their help. That's up to you ultimately, right? It's not up to anybody else, but insist on being well, just for the sake of being well, not for anything else, not for spite, not out of revenge, but just because you want to be in a better place. So that's, that's it. You know what I mean? Just do you. Yeah. Uh, put yourself first, whatever that means, whatever the wellness means to you, that, that's what you do. You do that first. And then if you want to, and if you can, to be available for a loving relationship, if you're willing to, and if they approach you in a new way. Uh, but have boundaries. I think boundaries are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some parents may not be, you may not be ready to have in your life, and that's totally fine. You don't necessarily owe anybody anything. So uh, when it comes to approaching a parent and shut down, or really any state, have some boundaries. Put yourself first. Insist on being well. And then uh, cut, treat it like a brand new relationship. Might be a good way to go. I think that's fantastic. And... I want to tell people that are listening, I think that'll be really, really difficult. 
I think it's completely admirable. I think it's completely doable. But I just want to, I want to be clear that that, I think that it would, it would be a really difficult process to undertake because you are coming from, if, you know, the awakened child is coming from this new place of love and this new place of curiosity, almost like a new person, but your mm-hmm. parent may yeah. or may not still be, you know, they still see you as the person that you were. And so they're going to respond to you in that way, at least at first, at least until they start to understand, you know, this isn't some BS that my kid is throwing at me and this isn't like them messing with me. They are genuinely trying to do things differently. But I I just want to kind of validate that in that process, I think it would be really, really difficult because it's not just your own history that needs to be, if, if you've kind of moved past your own history to get to where you're at as, as far as being awakened, they're not there. And so their own right. history is going to still affect how they interact with their world and yourself. So just, I, I think just being clear about the expectations there and really just understanding that it's going to be a slow process. I think, it, again, it's completely doable and it depends on where your parent is at themselves. But yeah, it's, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm trying to tear someone down and I'm not. I think I just, I like to no. be clear about expectations because I, no. I could t- towards the end of my dad's life I remember trying to do stuff like that my dad passed away five years ago now for people that don't know um, and he was just a cantankerous old man for a long time he had amazing you know amazing qualities he was honorable and, and noble and fair and just amazing an amazing father but he was a grumpy old man <laughs> And he was very eccentric. And so there was a lot of things that were really difficult for me to just accept. Like, please stop being annoying. But there were times that I'd really try to make a connection. Yeah. And so, and it was, and it was really difficult. Like, dad, please. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm trying to change the way things are. Like, can you stop being a butt, yeah. please? And I, for the record, I respect my father <laughs> so much. I would never, ever, ever say that to his face ever. But, uh, but you know, it was really frustrating. And I think it was because my expectation was I'm going in here. We're going to make a, you know, we're going to have a breakthrough and, yeah. you know, and it didn't happen that way or right away or in the time frame that I expected. And it was really about my own expectations going into it. I think that actually there's someone who left a comment saying, I ask a lot of questions to get to get them to think about things in their past. And I don't think that person's alone, but that that's an agenda. And if you have an agenda, people are going to sniff that right away and they're going to be like, nope. Nope, you're not going to get me to realize a darn thing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get me to do anything. Nothing's changed. So once the agenda's gone, I think a, a new connection can happen. Agenda, I like that. Agenda is kind of what I'm thinking of as far as expectations. It's kind of like, you know, when you make a new friend, if you have an agenda in mind to get them to do something for you or whatever, like that's the other person's going to be like, Ugh. Yeah, they'll feel oh, it I, and I it'll want... feel manipulative and icky. Yeah. Yeah, it's just picking up right where you left off when it comes to parents. Like, mm-hmm. they're gonna know right away what you're up to, and it just doesn't go anywhere. So, uh, if if you're well, then be well. If you've gone up the ladder, then hold on to your ladder, keep your boundaries. Um, I'm sorry, hold on to your top of the ladder. And I think once people get up there, getting other people to change doesn't. It's not quite as important anymore, because you're just worried about you and and keeping making sure that you're you're good. And accepting that other people, if they don't want to be in that place, that's, that's out of your control. Agreed. You know? 
Hey, thank you so much for listening. I think that Mercedes and I would really like it if you go easy on yourself as a parent. Do the best you can. And uh, if you can do one step better the next day, do that one too.